Blues fans, for almost two years, you have listened and supported your favorite podcast. Now it's time to get loud and get ready to make some noise tonight, because it's time for the Chirp Podcast. And we're back. I'm back. Let's go. Episode 33 of the Chirp Podcast. Kel's on the mic. Toss it over to Mark. Mark, how we doing, boss? Fucking fantastic. You know why? Because the United States of America took down those maple syrup Canadians fucking 2-0 last night. They didn't allow 5-on-5 goal before they saw a real hockey team. But that changed last night, and U.S. boys brought home a gold. I'm fucking great. Sammy, I assume pretty similar feeling there, no? Yeah, absolutely. Feeling good. Glad to be back, gentlemen. Uh, got off a big Packers win. First seed in the NFC. Love to see it. But, hey, we're <laughs> on to pucks right now. Uh, just excited to be back with you boys. We are officially, as we are recording, about, I don't know, seven days and three hours away from Blues Hockey. And by the time people are listening, less than a week away from Blues Hockey. So that's big time. Um but first things first, we got to get our numbers out of the way. Are we ready? I am. Three, yeah. two, one. David Jakob Rittich. Silverberg. Eric. Oh. Eric Boganecki. <laughs> oh my, let's go. <laughs> we also so you, accepted Mark Hager as an answer, but it's fine. I you see <laughs> the layup for Mark there is Patrick Waugh, but he wasn't going to take it. I can't, can't. Can't. Gotta get a little creative with it. So you, Sammy, you had Silverberg. Mark, you had David Riddich. David Riddich. Okay. I don't know why. Starter but, anymore. But when it was on 33, I thought David Leguan wore 33. I had to look it up, but he just didn't. He just didn't even a little Didn't he wear bit. ones? He wore ones, didn't he? Ones. Yeah. Eleven. You think I would know that? It's one of my numbers. <laughs> I'm a joke. Oh well. That's the way she goes. Uh we do have a little bit of news in the loo to cover before we get into our season preview where we make a few predictions, you know, make some player predictions and obviously some predictions about the overall team. And at the end, we will pick up some pucks. We don't have any rookies to do that. So I'm nominating just before we get there, Jared Molesky, be prepared. You'll be picking up pucks at the end of the episode. So, hey, get ready for that, bud. Uh, but first off, right now, Actually, not right now. In an hour. But this will already have happened. So you'll be able to see the highlights on Twitter and whatnot. The Blues are holding an inter-squad uh, scrimmage tonight, which I think is pretty sick. I kind of want to talk about this a little bit because it's a full game day. They, like, had a skate this morning, and they went home. And I would assume a lot of the players, being that they're, you know, hockey players, did whatever they would do normally on a game day. Obviously, a, a home game day. Yeah. And then they came back, and I'm pretty sure they had pregame meal and, like, hung out at the rink and whatnot before the game. You know, probably did warmy and whatnot, and they're fucking – they're doing a scrimmage. Pretty it's sick. kind of sick, yeah. They're, they're doing more than one, too. I think they're doing one more over the next week. The full also. game day thing's sick. I haven't really heard of – heard of. Uh, I'm sure more teams do it. You just don't hear about it, but I like What it. better way to get back in the swing of things – then to go through things like this, you then know, to you literally get back in game days, NHL speed at the skate. You got to love everything about this. I, I think, mean. I think that they normally don't do this. Like you're saying, Mark, because they have the preseason for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad it, I don't, I, I don't feel like this would be a normal thing like in training camp, but I like it. It's a, it's a good way to get the boys going because there's no fucking preseason. So you're gonna have to come out ready to rock. Wonder what uh, what was on the menu tonight? Probably a little pasta per use, some chicken, get yep. fried. A lot of carbs. Got to get them going. Oh yeah. Uh, but that's pretty dope. I'm looking forward to the highlights. Probably gonna see you know my car, my coffin break some glass with a shot or something. I don't know. Toy Cruise edges. Is, is casual shit. Puck handling. That's what I hope they do. I hope they, you know, I'm sure they're gonna tweet, you know, some sort of recap. Obviously, you'll see the goals and whatnot. Maybe some big saves. Um, obviously, maybe it's not obvious uh, to them it is, but I hope you're not looking to see anybody get blown up because if that's happening, that's a problem. 
Yep. Uh, <laughs> we don't no need for a Sanford and Bortz incident. Sammy play a huge hit. <laughs> yeah, we don't need any of that yet. Uh, but and with camp, I feel like camps. Well, it is. It's always longer. I don't know if like the that shit's going to be there necessarily this year. Like obviously they're probably a little more anxious to get going this year um, than a normal year because it's just you know they've been in we should be playing hockey mode for a couple months now. Uh, just with their normal body clocks and whatnot. But, like, usually camp's over a month long, about a month long. With preseason and everything, you get sick and fucking tired of everybody else. I don't think that's there this year. I wouldn't think so. I mean, camp's literally 10 days or some shit. Yeah. I mean, these guys are going to be itching to get started, especially with the... Uh, I mean, you've seen some of the quotes already, like, from O'Reilly and shit, and just how excited that just with the new additions that that we've brought, that good old Dougie's brought in... Uh, and they're all they're all pumped up and feel like they got a real shot at this thing again. So, and I sure as hell believe that. So, it's gonna be fun. Unfortunately, some of these cats, obviously, not everybody's gonna make the team. Uh, and you know, the roster this year is gonna look a lot different because it's gonna be a little bigger uh, with the taxi squads. I'm I don't know if that number's been released yet. I would assume you get probably five or six guys outside of the guys that are playing. Um and scratched on a nightly basis to always be with the team, you know, in case of COVID and whatnot. So the roster is going to be a little bit bigger this year, uh, but still there's going to be some guys that aren't going to be playing. Um, and they're not fucking playing in Springfield this year because our AHL affiliate, the Springfield Thunderbirds, Springfield, Massachusetts, they've opted out one of three teams. I think Florida's team and Nashville's team was the other two to opt out. Um, so they'll be playing what's fucking new, sharing a team kind of, we're not really sharing a team, but we're sending some of our guys to Utica, which is Vancouver's affiliate, which fucking sucks. But we've been through this before with Vegas in Chicago. So yeah, so I'm not really too familiar with how this fucking works. Obviously, only some of the guys can go over there. What the fuck happens to everybody else? Well, a lot of our guys, not a lot. Some of our prospects are just playing in the KHL this year. That's like, what, yeah, I was going to say, like... Like Torbachenko, uh, Alexandrov, Kostin. Yeah, I imagine guys are just going to go play overseas and, and in different leagues, but obviously. That's, but that's the organization sending them there. Yeah, like, so I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know what happens to those other AHL guys that are just kind of trying to play for a spot. I hope they don't... F the f Utica doesn't... The Vancouver doesn't, like, fuck them, too. Like, obviously, like... It's their organization. They have every right to play all their own guys, and I wouldn't really want to play everybody else's guys either. But, I mean, we have some guys that need to be playing hockey games. Like, yeah, Scott Perunovich, for instance, I don't know if he's going to be a part of the taxi squad. I'm I'd not convinced of that. I'd rather him be playing. Yeah, I, I know. But is are they going to want him to play? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the only instance of this that I kind of remember that where it's just like, yeah, this guy consistently played with Benny when he played in Providence. Yeah, but that was also a factor of, like, this guy literally should be playing. He was playing so much better than any of right, their, yeah. their goalies that it was like, all right, like, we should also. That's the only one I can come up we're with, also, though, so, like, I don't know. Yeah, we're also trying to win a Calder Cup at the same time. And he'll help you. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know, I don't know what the taxi squad's going to look like. I would think it'd be full of a lot of veterans, hopefully. We signed Steven Santini and Curtis McKenzie this offseason. If they aren't on the taxi squad, we have a problem because don't even waste your time in sending those guys <laughs> to somebody else's we affiliate. We know what they are. We know what they are. I think it's fucking hilarious that Curtis McKenzie is in the St. Louis Blues organization. I don't know why, but just a guy that very forgettable player, in my opinion. But yeah. he's blue. There she goes. Yep. Uh, the 56 game schedule came out this this. Uh, this past week it was out already but the times came out i'd say this is a win only eight games or at nine or later and for us you know we're working individuals but still we're young all right we'll battle 9 p.m and later only eight games of 56 i think we can wear that i was looking at it before the show and um i think there's only one in january and it's the first game of the year yeah, and I'll tell you what, boys. Uh, I might, I mean, Keller, I think you're in the same boat as I am. I don't know where the fuck I'm going to watch these games right now. Cause yeah. No streaming. Jamie, you're, you're in that boat, too. You just probably don't know it since you have YouTube TV at school. 
yeah, they don't have Fox Sports. No right streaming right now. Yeah, the only streaming services that have it is like Fubo TV or some bullshit. And then everything else, the only other ones that have Fox Sports and West is like DirecTV, Spectrum, every, everything like that. Every cable provider. Yeah, like, I mean, I have Spectrum Wi-Fi, but I don't fucking want cable TV because it's just, it's just a pain in the ass. Streaming is so, so more easy. What are you going to have to do to watch the game? I don't know. I don't know. I might be on hockeystreams.com. Yeah, hockey streams red on the subreddit uh, dash hockey streams. That's how I watched all world juniors. Uh, one thing that I am curious of, I have it's behind N- as fuck though. That sucks. Oh, I know. The only th- other thing is, I have I have NHL TV, but I don't know if it's gonna black out. I'd have to. Oh, watch it is a hundred percent. I have to watch an away stream, but I don't know if I can even do that. No, you can't. Yeah. So you've never been able to do that. that yeah, I've had that. NHL TV. This is the first year I had it, so I don't know. So like yeah, like logically, first thought is oh whatever. I don't want to do it, but I'll bite the bullet. I'll buy the NHL package where I can watch literally any game I want. Right. Nope. If it's your local market, they black out that game. Yeah. Like I'm. Still I believe only TV because I want to watch everything else. But like fuck. Well, you're a Flyers guy. You want to watch your games. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I think only seven games are on national TV. So theoretically. We could be streaming 49 hockey games. Yeah. That or, sucks. Or hello, Hager household. I'm going to my fucking mom's house. Feel free to have fun. To, have fun doing that 49 times. Yeah, like what, I, I don't want to fucking do it, but <laughs> I mean, hey. So if you just have like Fox Sports Midwest, should you be good? No. Well, if like you guys don't have streaming at your house, do you, Sam? We just like never set that shit up so we just use like the tv with the youtube tv like connected with the tv you know what i mean yeah, oh like so you guys use you guys have youtube tv yeah, yeah you guys, you're fucked you're fucked we have youtube tv at my house i'm saying like what if we like were able to get cable oh then yeah you're fine you know what but I, I don't think cable. i think i think fox sports is not gonna be able to hold out i think there will be a deal I fucking game. hope so. We won't be missing the first game. That's a nationally televised game. Right. That's for sure. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Because. Fucking... Yeah. Because I'm not. But gonna, Mark's not doesn't even have YouTube TV. He has Hulu. I have Hulu. And, yeah. And that had it longer than YouTube did. And then they lost it. That's why. It's I got all Hulu. a money fucking thing. They don't want to sell the rights to these streaming services, which is bullshit. They have every fucking other live sport. They did it last year. So YouTube TV at the beginning, we got YouTube TV. I can't remember how. I don't know if it was before the season or what, but Fox Sports West was not going to be broadcast on YouTube TV for the hockey games last year. Then they came to some, like, emergency agreement, and it's obviously... I remember there was, like, a month span where it was just a bunch of bunch of bullshit surrounding that whole situation, like, in and out. I don't know. It was all fucked, but... But fucking moving on. We'll figure out how the hell to watch games. Yeah, like we said, season opener January 13th at Colorado. It's a 9.30 drop. Kind of tough, but first game of the year, you got to be fucking in one for that one. Home opener, January 18th, Julie Keller's birthday. Love it. Uh, San Jose Sharks. And we got 10 games here in the opening opening month. A little bit of a condensed month. So 10 games in like three weeks. Two and a half weeks. It's going to be a battle, but uh, the whole season's going to be a battle, so... Uh, looking forward to that. We have covered, uh, you know, the odds and ends. Obviously, not a ton of news before the season starts. With the season being so close, we don't have much to talk about on that front. So let's just rip our season preview a little. Get a get a little bit of predictions. Just a reminder: we are in the West Division. I'm sure you know all about that by now. Uh, we play Colorado, Vegas, Minnesota, Anaheim, San Jose, L.A., and Arizona all eight times apiece. Eight times seven, math guy, 56 games. Pretty weak division. Just, you know. Very top. Looking heavy. at it. Very top heavy. Um, so, I guess right off the bat, looking at this division, looking at our roster, kind of knowing what's on other teams' rosters, what's the biggest thing that excites you guys about this season? If you had to pick one thing about our team, of course. Our power play. Okay. Our power play is going to be a fucking issue with Tory Krug. Tory Krug at the top, D, uh, DP fifty-seven on the left wall, 
Mike Hoffman on the right wall. I'm feeling like uh, maybe a shin down low by the goal line and then like a 90 bumper, something like that is kind of in my head. Uh, but yeah, that power play will be top five in the league. Maybe top three, but top five for sure. Just to add on to that before maybe Sammy gives his thoughts or I give my thoughts, uh, they did do power play today at practice, and that was the top unit, like you mentioned, those five. The second unit was Bozak, Rob, Schwartz, Dunn, and Pareko. So it doesn't look like they're going to give Falk a look just yet. I mean, obviously performance you know, won't entail that, but my thoughts on that overall are Vince Dunn's not going to kill penalties, and Justin Falk can, so I think they're going to give Vince Dunn the first look at you know, that second, DM, which second power play makes which, sense, whatever. The guy also has to get a little bit of fucking, I mean, he's, uh, his skill set does lend itself to being successful in the power play. We know That's that. literally why we signed him. He's a skilled yeah. guy on the back end. You got to have him on the paper. If anybody fucking gets smelled off that unit, I just turned Pareko into a fucking man child at five on five and PK. If yep, for some agreed. reason he can't figure it out uh, on the power play. And let Falk hop in. Yeah. But he started to last year before the season got shut down. He was scoring say, a lot of fucking goals. I will say having a guy like Pareko on a power play unit, it definitely helps create space for like the other guys out there. Yeah, so, he's like, always worried you have that. like you have no other choice but to like kind of cheat his way or else you're not getting a piece of the puck like whether that comes to blocking it just i mean it it having a guy like that is almost necessary on every power play unless you're as stacked as we are on our first unit but back to like being excited about something for the season there's nothing i can really pinpoint um other than like it's just another year to be excited about obviously but if you have a team that is so good to where sammy blay doesn't make your starting roster that's just got to excite you right I mean, because as of right now, it looks like he's the odd man out. If you want to keep giving Kyrie opportunities, it looks like Sammy Blay might be the guy that's healthy to start the season, which just attests to how good this roster really is. It's so weird to me because Blay is like, when you when you watch Sammy Blay play, it's just, it's just like, that's Blues hockey. Like, that's the kind of guy that we that we love. Dude, yeah. that works his bag off all game, bangs bod in the corners, and he still can activate and make things happen offensively. He's a very skilled player, but he's also incredibly physical. And if that kid's not, like, not cracking your top 12, it's a pretty fucking good team. I think, you know, this is... I don't know. I don't think this is that unpopular of opinion. I think that Jordan Cairo's ceiling is much higher if he were to ever unlock everything in his his game. And I don't think he's ever been given an extensive look in the lineup. So to have to give him that first look, I think it's kind of like a hey, you know, we're we're giving you a chance here, we'll fucking run with it type of thing. Um, and. You know, they said from what I've been seeing on Twitter and whatnot, obviously practices are closed to the public. He's been uh, he's been buzzing around at practice. So hopefully it, at the end of the day, it's competition is only going to make you better. So when when Sammy Blay does get into the lineup, I mean, he's not uh, you got to remember this game. This season is so condensed. Nobody in that bottom six. Um, I won't say nobody, but your Kyle Clifford's, your Zach Sanford's, your Jordan Kyrus, they're not going to be in every night. No. Uh, it's 56 games in four months. I mean, right. those guys are going to be on a somewhat of a in and out basis unless they're playing at a level where it's like, I mean, we can't take this guy in the lineup. And you don't want it to happen, but there's going to be injuries. So yeah. having a guy that, that that is so capable, like, I mean, I wouldn't even say capable. That's just a very good hockey player that Sammy Blay is outside your top 12. As of right now, that can slot in whenever you need him is a blessing. Uh, biggest thing that excites me is just overall uh, – Obviously, we know we're a good team. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm, we're all excited about Mike Coffin and Tori Krug. Uh, we just get to watch them 56 fucking times in four months. That's unbelievable. Like, that's just an absolute sprint. Every day, there's a healthy chance you could be watching a Blues hockey game. That's unbelievable are we, to think about. Are we complete, utter losers for not mentioning the fact that, hey, Ryan O'Reilly's going to be strutting out there with the fucking C on his J, and it's going to look unbelievable. If there's something to be excited about, just one thing, I think it's... We'll sad. also add on that um, it sounds like fans will be in the building in February, or at least that's what they're looking towards. So, uh, off chance, you could be watching your first live hockey game in over a year this year if we were to get in the building. So, 
there's that too yeah um biggest worry about the season we talked about these two things uh with a lot of our followers um i don't know if we really gave too much of our own opinions because we wanted to let them talk but what are you guys most worried about this season i i what i would have to go with is it's not a worry it's a question mark and it's do we have a number two goalie because we're going to need one in this fucking sprint and i do think Vili huso is a good good player a good goalie uh, just got to see it, and uh, he's got to prove that he can stick in the NHL. I- I'm not worried about him necessarily, but it's more of just like I haven't seen it, so yeah. I don't know. Uh, mine's kind of on the same trend. It's not a worry because I think I think this guy's going to do just fine in the role that he's going to be thrust into, but uh, something that I'm very in- interested to see how it pans out is Colton Pareko being the number one defenseman. Um, filling the shoes of a former captain that brought your – brought the city a stanley cup was in the norris conversation the last like three or four years that he was here uh, signs the big ticket in vegas and now 55 you're the guy you're gonna start you're you're gonna have to do what uh pretty much do what 27 did uh, granted 27 or more of a role on the power player preco's more of a second unit kind of guy but i'm just interested to see how preco does with the number one minutes and the added responsibility um that that is going to come with Petro yeah. Petro leaving as well as wearing the A this year in the jersey as well. So he f- I, did say loves having an A or a C on the back end on your blue line. So I don't know. I agree with him too. I think a defenseman has to be a part of your leadership group. Oh but, no, absolutely. Yeah. So, it controls uh, the fucking foundation of the house. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> got to do it, Marky. I like that one. He has all the tools necessary. You just gotta. It's about stepping exactly. up and doing it. Right. You know? Yeah, I know he can do it. It's just, let's see what happens. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't say I have much of a worry, kind of like you guys, but it's, you know, just a question mark. Like, have the Blues lost that edge? Like, the physicality that you always think about when you play the St. Louis Blues, like, you're going to get crushed, you're going to get beat, and you're going to get hurt. Not get hurt, but you're going to be, you're going to feel hurt after the game. Like, that's kind of been the mentality of Blues hockey. And I don't think that we've lost. All of our physicality, obviously, because you got Sonny, Barbie, Sammy Blay, Shen. They're all going to lay wood no matter what. But uh, with the guys that we have lost, uh, just like more of our leadership guys, our older players, uh, they definitely brought that. And I think that's something that I'm intrigued to watch, you know, just how we fare with the other teams in the NHL in the condensed season, like how much we're actually out there throwing bod and, you know, uh, laying the wood. I'm, I'm looking I, forward to that. Yeah, I don't think I need to convince you of this. Petro, not the most physical player in the world. Yeah. Uh, so not like you're losing much there with him and Krug. And Krug, Krug uh, might be more physical. Krug throws his body around for being smaller. He just doesn't have, have the to. length. You almost the have length to because you're smaller. Yeah, he doesn't have the length and the size that Petro does. And uh, obviously, Jay Bomeister won't probably be playing hockey ever again. And uh you know he's a big guy on the back end, but again, not a physical player. I, I like the idea though, where you're kind of going with it. it's just size in general is kind of not gone, but it's different for sure. I like to be thought about as like a fan of a team where other teams hate playing you because we're gonna hit them, you know, and we're gonna be more physical. And come third period, you're just you're gonna be not a hundred percent and. You're going to want to be out of the game more than you are trying to get the equalizer or whatever it might be. And for how, you know, skilled and, you know, whatnot he is as an offensive player, Mike Hoffman's not anywhere, you know, in the physical realm. And, you know, as as much as, you know, you could get a off night here and there from the guy, uh, Tarasenko's hard to fucking play against. He's a big-ass oh, yeah. body. So when Got he's not in, and, uh, like- Hoffman's kind of his – his replacement for now you're losing some there um so yeah and then of course if if Kyrie's gonna get first look over sammy blay then you'll have that in there too so but definitely still have a fourth line that is going to be a motherfucker to play against uh and really every line's going to it's just going to be is it going to be are we getting literally cycled to death um or are we getting put through the glass it's just kind of the way it goes uh but yeah i'm not I agree there, though. There could be a little bit of an edge gone, but I think it could look different. It could just be like, holy shit, we can't get the puck out of our own zone. Their sticks are everywhere kind of thing. 
If we did lose, we could just a be little... quicker to pucks and suffocate yeah. the fuck out of people. Yeah. If we did lose a little bit of that edge, which I'm thinking we might have lost, just like a tad little bit. Hopefully that correlates to us scoring more, scoring more goals, right? Is yeah, what yeah, the normal so. fan would think, which is what I'm thinking. I mean, I'm a normal, I'm the most normal guy in this fucking chat right now. If I'm being completely <laughs> honest. But yeah, that's it's definitely not, not, a, mark. not not a worry, but definitely a question mark for sure. Uh, okay, a couple of player things to talk about here, and then we'll make a couple team predictions. Uh, team MVP that you would like to anoint. Uh, who do you think it's going to be by the end of the year? Obviously, there's a couple guys here that could be uh, hashtag layups for this nomination. Um, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that uh, obviously it's probably going to be Ryan O'Reilly, but um, in it. In his absence, I think Mike Hoffman is going to get this award for me only because we're going to need an elite goal scorer to step up. David Perron showed he can kind of be that, but, you know, we know who David Perron is. Uh, he's not, you know, a 30-goal guy in a full 90 season. helps. Yeah, but I think Mike Hoffman's going to be, uh, you know, more, maybe not for the whole season, but his value that he's going to bring in Tarasenko's absence is absolutely going to put him in that conversation for this season, I think. Um, so that's my guy. I think the testing or kind of going back to what we were just talking about, the physicality, my guy who I think is really going to just push the blues forward this year. If you got Braden Shen running people, not running, maybe running. If you have him <laughs> laying the wood, scoring his goals, passing the puck, like you read about, and isn't he supposed to wear an A this year? I mean, yeah, absolutely yes. is. Yep. Yeah. This guy, he, he could be the driving force of this hockey team. Like, like, look at me on the ice. Just a classy leadership example of what it what it is to be an NHLer. You know, kind of can do a five tool player can do a little bit of everything. And you know, I think that's huge for one our younger players and two how to be physical and also be a skill guy at the same time. So that's that, I think that could be my MVP is Braden Shen. Uh, so for a name not. Ryan O'Reilly, obviously, or the two that you guys, Sammy, that was the guy I was thinking of was Braden Shen. I think he's going to be very, very, very important to this uh, Blues hockey team uh, throughout this condensed season. But a guy that needs uh, to um, to really make an impact and kind of be in the running for this quote-unquote award or most impactful player this year is Robert Thomas. Um, really stepping up into the role that we've kind of forced, foreshadowed him eventually coming into this second line center role really taking a, a top six dominant role as well in the penalty kill and just in top line minutes. Um, really looking to see the kind of production that he's going to be able to put up um, just with it, with the new line combinations that have been kind of going through training camp with Schwartz. And uh, I think it's, was it Schwartz Hoffman. and Hoffman? Yeah. Schwartz and Hoffman on his wings, two guys that are going to be able to put the fucking puck in the net. Well, I don't know. 17 loves fucking yeah, logos. Loves, yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> But at the same time, Schwartz and no offense to these guys, but Schwartz and Hoffman on your wings is a lot fucking different than Zach Sanford and Tyler Bozak. Whoa. I'm just saying there's a big difference there <laughs> between scoring ability and just and just raw talent as a hockey player. Zach Sanford and Bozak, great hockey players, great blues players, but not the skill level that Schwartz and Hoffman have. So I'm really looking for for Thomas to take a very big, a very prominent role in the offense and really uh really take it in stride and put up numbers this uh, really has nothing to do with the mvp but i don't remember who i was talking with about this but uh robert thomas's like pass first mentality is just going it's going to fare so well with mike hoffman's shot and and i think we're going to see it first game i think we're going to see it first game i like a one t out of hell out of hoffman and just yeah. like maybe a little backhand sauce or you, some shit i don't know i'm just is, so excited it's a match made in heaven because it's like a guy who would literally hate to shoot the puck in Robert Thomas and a guy who would literally hate to pass the puck in Mike Hoffman. Exactly. It's like, they right. both can <laughs> wheel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, not saying this guy makes uh, hardly any of these because he doesn't. But Mike Hoffman can, one, the thing that makes him different, he's kind of like Terracing in the sense he can score from distance, but. He scores from, like, you know, in football, they always say, like, these quarterbacks, like Matt Stafford, for instance, or Mahomes and Rodgers, they're known from, like, throwing from all these weird fucking angles. Mike Hoffman, like, I don't know if, like, a bad pass necessarily exists, 
when he's on his off wing and you're feeding him for a one-timer. The guy, like... He adjusts. He adjusts and gets great shots off still. Like, hard shots still. He'll shoot it like, from anywhere on the ice, too. Shots like to be, in, like, on the dot. He passes like circle, yeah, top pass. of the circle, and he's shooting the puck. Passes are, like, in his skates, and he's, like, adjusting on the fly, getting it still a hard shot off, where normally, you know, your lesser-skilled guys may not be able to do that uh, as well. So, hey, no such thing as a, as a bad pass to an elite player, right? Never, say, I guess. never a shot Mike Hoffman didn't like. <laughs> Love that. Uh, I feel like we could have maybe all have this answer here uh, unanimously, but we'll still do it because a lot of the players on this team are, you know, somewhat knowns and uh, veteran guys, but player who takes the biggest jump. Is it fair to say that we're all going to agree on Robert Thomas yes. or does somebody have an opposition to that? <laughs> Well, I just nominate him for my fucking team MVP, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think Rob is going to take a huge jump because he's going to be forced to take a jump. Like, there's no other option. If you want to be a competitive hockey team, you have, like, you're going to have to step up and, and be good. But I, I, I will say, after what happened in this uh, previous playoffs against Vancouver and he was getting shamed a lot, Colton Preco is going to be the guy. He will be a guarantee top 10 defenseman by the end by the end of the year not a guy you want to play against i think he takes the biggest jump this year did you guys see i quoted it on fucking twitter the other day oh, yeah. him in that battle drill yeah yeah I, granted he's playing against borderline nhl players as they are right now but it's no him i mean him and krug are on the ice but krug's on away from the play plays away from him he's net front yeah yeah pareko he did uh, it all with his feet Pretty much. Yeah, it's Kairou, it's Nolan Stevens. Nolan Stevens and I didn't you can't even tell who the third guy is yeah. really. So so guys uh, puck handlers to say the least. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't matter. He breaks the fucking he, he poke checks the guy. There's a little bit of a battle. You know, the guys converge on him. We're talking like right face off dot if you're, you know, in the net. And he is literally he, he gets the puck out of the zone with only his feet, essentially. Yeah, he's literally, like, spinning around, <laughs> keeping the puck away from Nolan Stevens in his feet, and he, like, kicks it out of the zone. It's and, fun. like, Kairou's whacking, and then the third guy, that the unnamed guy we, we didn't, we're not taking note of, comes over a little late. It's just like, all right, well. That was hard. Here's the difference between, between gross and borderline in the NHL. <laughs> yeah, that happens, and you got the <laughs> assistant coach, wherever it is. Next group. Fuck. <laughs> That's my guy, boys. I think Pareko's going to take the biggest jump. And I think we're all forgetting what we thought about Pareko going into, like, the big hiatus with the NHL season last year. It's like, I mean, this guy, outside of Petrangelo, is our best defenseman. And now you don't have Petrangelo and you're bringing Krug, so now Pareko's the number one. I think he's I think he's going he's gonna to take those reins nicely, and Blues fans are going to be happy to see his production this year. There are two guys that need to take a jump, and we both, we all think they will. And we named them Colton Pareko and Robert Thomas. For us to be a cup contender, those two have to make a jump. Yep. All right. Uh, last player thing we were going to discuss. Who's a guy that you foresee being bringing a lot of value to the team? A lot of value to the team. May not get the credit. We're going to call him the unsung hero, if you will. Uh, anybody jump out to you guys? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I got Sammy one. Blay. Sammy Blay, and here's why. If you're if you're able to keep this kid healthy going into the playoffs, him alone is a difference maker in the physicality department. You could lock him in for eight hits a night. That's a yeah. difference maker right there. We're going we're going to score goals. There's no question about that. I think we're going to be great on the back end too with all these uh seasoned defensemen that we have. But with Sammy Blay, if he's in the lineup, fucking look out. Put the ear guards in get two mouth guards because let me tell you something i'm sure this guy doesn't get hit a fucking lightly. grill just, just by the way it looks he's a difference maker out there banging bods like you fucking read about man this that's that's the guy that's my guy uh, i'm going justin fall Fuck. Uh, yeah. let's go <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the big reason is like i mean when you think about an unsung hero i mean it's it's gonna be a guy that just does his job and you don't really see much of it and the main reason why he's not gonna come to your head whenever you're talking at the end of the season is like the big impact players that got us to where we are they're the like we're we're in the playoff we're the number one seed because of ryan o'reilly we're the number one seed because jordan bennington has a 930 save percentage whatever the fuck the case may be you're not gonna think about that 
with Falk, in my opinion, because he's gonna put up he's gonna put up good offensive numbers. He's gonna be very consistent. He's gonna play. He's gonna be on your p top penalty kill unit, and he's gonna eat every puck in sight, which he started to do when he put on a Blues jersey. He never really did that in Carolina, but he's more he's added a layer of grit to his game after getting here. And he can slot into your power play when needed. Let's go. I mean, this fucking guy is he he is absolutely going to be one of the more one of, if not the most. Of, I mean, our back end's loaded now, but he's going to be incredibly essential to this hockey team. I love that. You definitely stole Keller's. Um, yeah, but I, I don't worry. I don't I don't come. I come with more than one weapon to the fight. I love that. Mark's <laughs> Mark's the imposter. But any anyhow, Fair. I will say, Sus. yeah. Does it ever just like after last year's weird season? Like, sit, like, have you thought about? Wow, Justin Falk's really a blue, and he <laughs> was on weird. he was on the Canes for like what eight years, and he was always just like a solid defenseman, like a guy. He's really always didn't their number play. one right D. Exactly, always. And now he's just on the Blues, and he's forgotten about. Yeah, cause it, I mean, he I don't was... know how you can forget about him? He's sporting the best mustache in the state of Missouri. Yeah. The Muzz Flow combo out of the guy is should be illegal. It really should. Yeah. I mean, he was a, he was the three hole like in our defense on the right side. It was Petro, Preco, and Falk. Like I mean, there was really no way he was going to climb that ladder. And now with Petro gone, he is a shot. He's in that second defense, in that top four role. He's going to play twenty plus a night, and he's gonna he's gonna be fucking good at it. So I've always said, coming from her, coming from the Hurricanes being the top guy now on the Blues, and you're getting third line third defensive pairing minutes you know you're not going to be the same player you got to change your game and now that he's being he's getting back into the top four wherever he might be uh it's only going to be it's only going to be better than last season in my opinion like you're getting an increased role from a good player that's always been used to a top two minute I, I guess and i think we can all agree he was our best defenseman in the bubble yeah no yeah. doubt Yep. Some of that might be because everyone else was horrible, but he was good. Like yes, he, he was very out. good. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was stood good. Out. Everyone else sucked. But hey, <laughs> talk about a guy that can do a little bit of everything is Justin Falk. That's I my, mean, he really can. As a defenseman standpoint, he can kind of do everything. Yep. I think it's more impressive when everyone else sucks and you're good than you suck and everyone else is sick. It's yeah. way more impressive to be good when everyone else sucks, obviously, because it's a team game. Uh, as I said, bring more than one weapon to the fight. I got two guys I'm thinking of here, but I'm going to go with my guy, Zach Sanford. I have to. I literally fucking have to. <laughs> Depth is the name of the Blues fucking game. Why well, said Sammy play? I love it. Yeah. You obviously Falk was my number one pick, but if I'm going to fall back on a guy, it's going to be a guy that put up 16 goals last year. Uh, obviously is not, you know, a playmaker by any means in terms of setting guys up, but he plays physical ish and when i say that it's more in using his body to protect the puck than blowing people up but uh i think he's going to provide good value on the third line especially especially and this could turn into this guy being a little bit of an unsung hero or a guy who makes a big jump especially if jordan Cairo sticks in this lineup that guy zach stanford could put up a lot of fucking goals this year if I agree. jordan Cairo yeah. is buzzing because you got that speed element on your line. I mean, Jordan Cairo, you did, not probably not a lot of people in the NHL know who he is for, for all the right reasons, obviously. But, I mean, he's up there in terms of speed in the NHL. We know that as Blues fans. If you had that speed element in there with, with a, a veteran like Tyler Bozak, he's going to be winning the draws, getting uh, uh, maintaining possession of the puck. And Zach Sanford, who has shown that, hey, a lot of people actually can't do this. He can tap pucks in if you're going to put it to him in the fucking crease. Yeah. I mean, Jaden Schwartz can't do it. <laughs> Not consistently. <laughs> to attest the fact that I agree with that, I agree wholeheartedly with the fact that Zan Sanford's going to be good this year. Look back to the 2019 roster and look at the third line with uh, the big rig, Bozak and Thomas. This third line currently with Kyrou and Sanford is kind of just a lesser version of that. Like you have an up-and-coming right-handed uh, playmaker in Cairo. With speed. You have, you have, yep. Yeah, exactly. You have a great big body with Zach Sanford who can score some goals, kind of like the big rig, and you have the consistent Bozak in the middle. I don't see what's not to love about like the combination of players on the third line. I think all of them are potentially game-breakers this year. And there's there's going to be no pressure. The, the thing about Sanford I like this year is the last couple of years we've been unsure about moving Thomas up in the lineup. We weren't sure if he's ready, okay? And this is obviously all assuming that he is ready, but let's say he is ready. There's going to be absolutely no pressure on this guy. 
to go try and fill a spot and hope something sticks in the top six. Like, oh, shit. Like, O'Reilly and Perron are sick, but, like, who do we put with him? We can't move Shen up because then we don't have a second-line center. Uh, we, You know, there's, there's going to be a hole somewhere. I don't think there's going to be any pressure on him to, to move up and contribute in the top six. I think expectations um, are going to be lesser of him this year, and actually I think that's going to cause him to grow uh, even more, and, and hopefully people are going to fucking like him. Because Exactly. I love the fact that we have a bonafide top six. Here's why. Because Sanford doesn't have any freaking wants to go move up and stuff, and you're just building chemistry with that third line. That's how people grow to hate players, is when they're playing in spots they shouldn't be. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's when you he's keep playing on the first line with O'Reilly and Prawn. Yeah, but should he be no? Like yeah. realistically, no, he shouldn't. <laughs> when you keep trying to force a guy like Jordan Kyrou in his first couple of years to play top six minutes and just like That's go out there, go out though. there and score or like get an assist a game or whatever the hell, like like obviously he's never put up like crazy numbers in a season or anything, but but Kyrou is a guy that could like benefit hugely from being on the third line and like gaining chemistry with those types of players, right? Just there. a consistent role. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Over over or under twelve goals for Zach Sanford. Oh, I, I mean, was. There's fifty six games, dude. I don't know. Twelve would that's be why, great. That's what I'm saying. Tw- I figured twelve was a good number. Hold on. He had I'll six. Bet. He had sixteen and fifty eight last year. I'll bet the push. I'm taking. Yeah, but he had a four right. goal game. So yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like. Uh, let's see here. He did do that. He had a four-goal game against, against Vegas Mar- against Mark Andre Fleury. Might have heard of him. You know, I, I don't hate Fleury? twelve goals. I don't hate twelve goals because yes, it was. Uh, he wasn't very good last year though. But, um, but that's a seventeen and a half goal pace. We'll say eighteen over a full season. Twelve goals in fifty-six games. I don't hate that. Uh, we'll see though. Because condensed schedule, maybe some tired legs. He may, he's probably not. You know, he's obviously not going to play all fifty-six games, more than likely. Um, so we'll see. I'd be happy with ten to twelve goals. I'm more than happy, actually, with ten to twelve goals. Um, all right, uh, teams here. Uh, who? How do we see the West shaking out? Obviously, there's a pretty obvious top three, in my opinion, for the fourth team. Uh, top four teams from each division make the playoffs this year, and you're going to have to make it out of your division to make the conference final. Uh, well, I guess it's not really a conference final. It's a semifinal, if you will. Um, who's going to make the playoffs? Uh, let's see them one through four out of the West. Um, who wants it? Uh, I'll go first. Right. Um, so we kind of we talked about very, very briefly, talked about this with Cole Mudra, uh, but... Uh, my top four, Colorado one. Um, I just feel like they're way too dynamic of a hockey team. And with the division that we're in, they're not going to lose to San Jose. They're not going to lose to LA. Maybe once each, but they're going to fucking shit on those bottom feeder teams. Um, put us at two. Um, just, I don't know. I like our hockey team a little bit better than Vegas, especially with the issues that have kind of come up with. The, yeah, they signed Petro. But there's been a lot of fucking trade rumors circling around that that locker room and that organization, and a lot of night there's a, quite a few Knights players that aren't very happy. So I feel like that's going to take more of an effect than people realize, especially with the patch ready rumors and everything like that. Uh, so us at two, Vegas at three, and honestly, I'm going to go Minnesota at four. Uh, I like what the, I like the addition of uh, Cam Talbot as their starting their starting goaltender this year. Um, they have some youth that is really solid. Um, like the the Jordan Greenways. Uh, I don't know why the fuck they got rid of uh, Coonan. That just makes no is sense. Is it to me. Matt Boldy? Yeah, he's at, he's uh, not going to play this year. Yeah, he's playing he's, college. He's Damn it, B- he's yeah, good. Yeah, he's gross. He's at BC though. He's going to finish the year at BC. He could, I guess, though. He's a sophomore. He could sign like his college season ends early April. I guess yeah, he could finish the he season could, out. He with could them. definitely he could definitely finish the season with them, and he would make an impact instantly. Uh, if you guys didn't get a chance to watch him in the World Juniors, not Keller and Sam, I know they did, but uh, listeners, if you didn't get a chance to see what that kid was doing at the World Juniors, uh, if your name's not Trevor Zegers, Matt Boldy was our best forward for the vast majority of the tournament. Um, that kid's going to make an impact if he, once he joins. And, hey, Jared Spurgeon throws on the sea. They got, they got a very – he's still underrated in this league. I don't know why. He's an incredible defenseman for that team. Um and they added uh, the Russian, Kir- Kirill Kaprasov, I think is how you say his name. Uh, that kid's going to put up numbers. He's going to, he's 
bonafide goal scorer. So I see them making some noise in this division, and I'll put them at four. Minnesota quietly has like a really solid veteran core. They do. You know? mm-hmm. Just because they've been bad the past few years, like we kind of just write them off, you know, and like say they're say whatever about them. But we, it's easy to forget the kind of guys that they have, like in a Ryan Suter and the Spurgeon and the Parise and those kind of guys. But Dumba. I like I like that. I said whenever we were talking with Cole that I think Vegas is going to win the West, and here's why. I think there's a narrative that is going to be built up that Vegas is somehow the best team ever with Alex Petrangelo, and then they're just going to fall on their face. So I have Vegas at one, Avs at two, and the Blues clocking in at the three spot, right where you want to be. And I say that because you never want to be first place going into the playoffs. I'm sorry. Even as a Packers fan, I'm worried. Uh, (laughs) And then for the fourth – because I do like Colorado above the Blues only because, like Marky said, they're just going to crush. They're just going to absolutely roll the Kings and the Sharks and the Ducks however many times they play. And then in the four spot, I like kind of like what Arizona did last year. You know, they, they had they were goalie in the league. Yeah, they were steaming the end last year. They were looking really good. So let's throw Arizona in there and just uh, to pump biz t- business tires a little bit. And, you know, I got to love it. I, you know, normally I don't think they're a playoff team, but this division's not good, so I could absolutely see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna stick with Sammy's top three. I like the th- top three. Uh, I, I mean, flip a coin between Minnesota, Arizona. I'll probably give it to Minnesota. A little bit more proven talent, not much, I guess. Uh, but I think they're a year ahead of Arizona. Arizona's going through a little bit of a short retooling, if you will. Um, with you know they didn't really you know bill armstrong just took over there he's obviously going to see what he what he has and some younger guys probably um to get a gauge of that obviously he's not been a part of the organization um before this season so i think that'll be important i think they'll take fifth or sixth probably um i've seen a lot of love for the sharks this year just because of the injuries they've had over the last couple years but I can't so get behind a Mar- I can't get behind a Martin Jones, Devin Dubnik goaltending tandem. I can't. No. No. Um, I like but Cantel, the reason but why I take Vegas. Any of those the reason why I take Vegas first, because I think they're set up best for the 56 game season between the pipes. Um, yep. Obviously, that could change with maybe Villa Huso's uh, the shit. He's a good fucking player. He's a good goaltender. He's a one B kind of guy. And then but maybe they have a different guy. conversation, but they have Leonard and Flurry, and I think they're set up nicely. Those are two uh, top end goaltenders, so yeah. So I think that's that's why I'll put them first, more than anything. Um, but I guess we got to last thing before the preview kind of ends here. Uh, it's tough to make a really prediction on how the season's going to end, and what I mean that is like, obviously, I think we all feel the Blues um, when they're. Playing their game, there's no reason they can't contend for the Stanley Cup, right? But um, it's kind of soft. Not soft. It's not soft. It's, uh, you know, Homer to say, yeah, we're definitely going to win the Cup this year because newsflash, just 30 other teams trying to do the same fucking thing. Um, Realistically, how do you see the season ending? Realistically? Oh, Blues winning the Cup. Oh, I love it. Did you hear 90s quote from like yesterday or two days ago? He's like, they're pissed about last year to show the league that we're still elite was the word that he used. And it fired me up. I immediately thought from then on that the Blues are going to win the Stanley Cup. That's realistic, right? Yeah. Fuck it. Might as well be. Why not? You do still have some hungry players on this team. Uh, Tory Krug, not a part of this cup team in Boston. He's never won. He's been there twice. You don't think he wants it? Yeah. He wants to get rid of that fucking mural in Centene and get his face on there. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Um so yeah, I don't I don't hate that. I think that the Blues Oh man. With the way that our roster is constructed, I this is horrible to say, but anything less than a cup just feels like a fail. Right? Well, we're in that kind of mode, right? So like, yeah, like we win gotta... now absolutely. So like if it's anything short of a cup, it feels like a failed season is like essentially like it'll come down to the, uh, the conference finals or the semis, whatever you want to call them. And there might be injury shit and we obviously lose. And that's a different story. But like, if we have everyone healthy and we end up just not getting over that hump in the playoffs, then I think blues fans, blues players are not going to, it's not going to sit well at all. Yeah. 
I'm going to say pretty, that it is, it is a pretty big hump, though, in the playoffs. We're going to have to go because if we're finishing in the two, three spot, we're going to have to play Vegas or Colorado. And after the and if once we get out of that round, we're going to have to play the other one. So those first two rounds are going to be hey, be hard fucking work. But that's hey, fine. We so conserve do it. Yep. Yeah. Conservatively speaking, I'm going to say we lose in the conference final or the semifinal to go to the cup. And here's why I could see us. I don't know how they're going to do the semifinal this year. I don't. Yeah, I don't I know which assume, division's going to. I'd assume the Central and the West are going to play each other. There's more uh, Western Conference teams. Obviously, the. I think they're going to want to try and keep it somewhat normal in terms of like hopefully a Western Conference team plays an Eastern Conference team in the Cup final. Because yeah. I do think two... it's going to be fucking weird if two East or two West plays. I don't think that's going to feel right at all. Obviously, so uh, in that case. Assuming we play the Central Division winner, um, I'm going to assume that's Tampa, and I don't see us beating them. Yeah, that's a fucking brutal road. Like Colorado, Vegas, Tampa. Holy fuck. Yep. And then, and then like, say we do, do get through that, and it's like, oh, hey, you got the fucking Toronto Maple Leafs. It's like, oh, okay. Fuck them. Don't ever say <laughs> that again. They're not, they're not even winning their division. I hate to break it to him, but they're not going to. I don't know who is. I'm going to go with the Flames, but, you know. Yeah, that's who I, yeah, that's who I have picking to win that division is the Flames. So. Uh, yeah, I but, think I picked them, too. With Markstrom, they're going to be yeah, good. They're going to be really good. Um, but uh, if, I had to, if I had to give a realistic prediction, I'd probably say, yeah, draw. I, I don't even – I'd say uh, before the conference finals, something that very well could happen is we get out of the first round and have a second-round exit. Um, cause I mean, facing just the fact that we're going to, I mean, we're going to have throughout this year, we're going to play both these teams eight times. So you're going to have a really good read on how we match up against both. Um, but to go into another seven game series against the two powerhouses of Colorado and Vegas, it's going to be a pain in the ass for whoever the hell comes out of this division between us three. Fuck. You're going to be gassed by the time you get to the conference final. So, um, it's kind of, I really don't know where to put it, but I'll say conference final for the sake of it. I thought I was supposed yeah, to be the devil's there, advocate man. around here. What the hell happened? I don't know, man. Well, we all know. Screaming cup, and you guys are saying first round exit. We all know how I operate. Everything I say, just fucking the exact opposite happens. So, so say that we don't even make playoffs. <laughs> say that next time. Say the Anaheim Ducks make the playoffs after. Trevor Zegers, yeah, fucking heart trophy. Hook yeah. it up. <laughs> uh, I want an MVP. The World Juniors. You'll win another one in the Chell. Why not? So, uh, yeah, there it is. That is our season preview. Um, I do want to do one thing. Who's one guy that has not contributed yet really in any significant fashion that you could see making a, a healthy contribution this year? And when I say that, obviously, you know, like Kyle Clifford doesn't count because he's an NHL player. He's just on a different team. I'm saying maybe our prospects, kind of, or guys that are on the fringe of the NHL. Who do you see making an impact? Uh, like a young taxi guys. squad guy? To, yeah, kind of. To give you uh, a, an example, I'll start. I'm going Nico Mikola. Mikola, Mikola, however you want to fucking say it. I think he's going to play a decent amount of games this year. I'll go. I like that one only because I'm just I think we're all huge Mikola fans with his size and like just the way he plays and skates like a fucking deer. Uh, let's go. I know this might be cheating, so fuck off if it is. Uh, Billy Huso, I think he's going to be solid. I think I think goalies just play better when the team in front of them is like meshing and playing well. I think it's all product of each other. If the goalie's playing well, the team's going to play well. So vice versa, if the team's ever playing good, Huso's going to play good, and we're going to need him. So it's kind of just me being uh, maybe a little too excited about the whole thing because it still is a question mark or whole goalie tandem, but Billy Huso is definitely someone to look out for this year. Now, some things would have to happen for this guy to make an impact. There'd have to be some injuries, and just that's just kind of the way the cookie would have to crumble for this where guy. This is going. I don't think you have any idea where this is going. Um, the guy that – it. If say three, two, three forwards go down with an injury, and we're like, "Fuck, oh. who, who do we insert in the three in the third line wing spot or something?" Guy named Hugh McGing, okay, is a name to kind of keep an eye on throughout the year. Uh, Western Michigan product, 
he was fucking gross, Western Michigan, for all four years. I pulled it up real quick. I I mean, he was nasty last year, averaged a point a game, was the captain of his team with 35 points in 35 games, 13 goals, 22 assists. And you know he bangs Bod because he had 52 fucking penalty minutes. Let's go. Uh, and if you go down the, his other three years, 30 and 37, 30 and 36, 22 and 39. He's a consistent fucking hockey player. He puts up points every year. And like I said with the penalty minutes, 28, 40, 55, 52. He bangs. He's a Blues hockey player. So if he's undersized, too. Yeah. He's he really small is. as fuck. Yeah, if we get into a situation where we really got to dig into the depths of our forward group, this kid could make an impact. I love that. Let's go. I don't think anyone was expecting that. I, I was I, expecting Scott Prunovich. I, I would have guessed 40 players before I said Hugh McGain. Scott Prunovich got a fucking got shafted on his camp number, by the way. Number 48. Yeah, the fuck is that? Fuck. He goes from wearing number fucking seven in college, looking like an absolute beauty, snapping pucks around. Hey, here's 48. Give him three or something. Not fucking 48. <laughs> All right, Jared, pick up pucks, bud. Uh, we got a few things to bring up here. Uh, obviously, picking up pucks. We're tying the loose ends together. Next week's episode, uh, we're going to stick consistent to Thursdays, um, obviously. But with next week being, obviously, a, a special occasion, uh First game, 9.30 p.m. Obviously not going to stay up till fucking 3 a.m. recording a recap. So we'll be releasing recording on Thursday, hopefully uh, re- releasing on Friday. And uh, so, you know, just letting you know in advance. Um, and then we'll maybe talk about the, the second game and the coming the coming games that week. Um, Mike Hoffman's going bar first game. Yeah, that'd be gross. Yeah, speaking, love it. speaking of Mike Hoffman, whenever he signs, make sure you're on our Twitter page. Got something special. Oh, That's something facts. special. Yeah, I've been kind of gassing that, gaslighting that on the Twitter so far a couple times. But, hey, I think people are ready for it, hopefully. Um, we still do it here and there. The other night, tough night. But uh, we need to get back on the streams when we have some time. So twitch.tv slash is the channel be on the lookout for that um also i think what we want to do with the podcast moving forward is obviously it's tough not especially in the middle of the season hectic season it's going to be tough to get a guest um you know every week often to talk about the blues whether that be a you know a former member of the organization a, a media member uh anybody uh, so we're going to try and incorporate fan shows a lot more often, like we've seen last week. I think people enjoyed that, especially the people that were involved in it. I enjoyed it, of course. Yeah. Um, like you said, it's way easier to talk to you guys when we actually bring you into the fucking call to talk rather than Twitter. It's just like, hey, what do you guys think? And we just reach it. I don't know. It's way more interactive when we do this, and it's a lot more fun. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely be doing those more throughout the year, especially for just game reactions and everything and how guys are doing so it is fun to get different viewpoints too you know some people some people just think of the game differently and we always we're always open ears to hear people's opinions especially regarding blues hockey um we did one last night uh me and marky uh have another podcast that focuses on college hockey and something that i know that me and him want to incorporate and brought it up to sammy and he's all in i think Fucking, we got. We want to do some streams. Uh, Periscope, which is Twitter's version of streaming, I'm sure you're all familiar with it. Do some watch parties, where we'll be, you know, streaming. You come in, you hang out, you chat it up in the chat. We're all watching the Blues game at the same time. Uh, you get live reaction, obviously video, whatnot. Uh, now you I want to do a lot the, of those this year. You won't, you won't see, see the, the game. Yeah. For you copyright issues. Chat. Yeah. We don't want uh, our stream getting fucking shut down in case the wrong pair of eyes see it. But, I mean, we all have access to Blues Hockey. Put the fucking game on in front of you. Uh, in front of you. Pull your phone or laptop, tablet up, hang out, chat, it, chat, rip it up. Um, I think those will be a lot of fun. Uh, we do uh, we, we do have some good graphics and, and whatnot that we can use for that. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and, of course, the last thing, uh, make sure to fucking tune in every week on Thursdays. All right? We are on every podcasting platform you could want. Uh, I said it last week. If you can't find it, you're on the wrong platform. Hate to break it to you. Uh, make sure to like it, rate it, uh, give us a rating, leave a comment, uh, subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss out. And of course, share it. Hey, spread the word. Love it. Because uh, 
um, of course, um, if you're frequent listeners, it's it's gonna make it that much more easy when you uh, you're like, hey, let me hop on the fucking show. I wanna I wanna give some thoughts. So yeah, just let us know. I think that'll be the easiest route. So, boys, got anything else? Not a thing. I'm fucking hungry. I need to go make some food. I'm pumped up for hockey, and I gotta I gotta check the oil. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check the oil. Uh, you boys stay classy. Hope you guys had a great holiday. Uh, it was nice talking to you again. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Holy shit. I'm so excited for hockey. Let's get it going. Let's go, Blues. And let's get the fuck out of here. See you, boys.